Halo YouTube, this is Keith. And this is Nathan. And welcome to the Performante Podcast. This is episode number four. And today we're going to be talking about digital entrepreneurship. And so there's a very wide breadth of what digital entrepreneurship exactly entails. Um, but ultimately it comes down to the single greatest advantage we have moving into 2020 and beyond is the internet. With the internet, it's possible to learn literally anything online. Just Google, pick a direction, and go. Yeah, it's like pretty insane. You can, for example, uh, you can learn how to cook. You can learn how to work out. Uh, even different ways of working out. If you're lifting heavy or if you're doing calisthenics or even diets or what kind of uh, nutrition you should be trying to incorporate into your life for different uh, ways of, of how you want to look or what the end goal you're trying to get or uh, things even like video games like if you're trying to get better at a video game if you're stuck on a certain level there's a lot of different things that um, people are able to learn and uh, absolutely f for uh for free, for the most part, in terms of YouTube, like there is a lot of information um, that is a little bit misleading. But uh, for the most part, the internet has given the ability to um, learn almost anything very, very easily, just uh, within basically uh, a device that's able to fit in the size of your pocket. Yeah, and uh, when you're looking at your ability to complete different tasks online you can dive into things like personal finance you can dive into things like e-commerce drop shipping um, and you can really get into ways that pay you and that's probably the most interesting area to me personally is the ways and methods that you can leverage yourself online just by diving into a topic yeah 100 percent. that's um yeah, that's definitely how I started trading. And I think a lot of people are getting to a point where they are able to understand that they have the ability to tap into a world of information um, literally instantly. Um, it, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, like, you know, you could even create a full, well, you can create a full-time job um, for many things. Um, you know, for example, like design, uh, photography, videography, um, you can even start start a design apparel business. Um, absolutely, from drop shipping, you're not even touching the product. Yeah, you're just learning about branding, marketing, social media. All that stuff is is through the internet, right? And you can do that absolutely anywhere. So, uh, the age we're living in now has been really uh, been able to provide the people who've been able to utilize the tools that we have uh, the ability to become free in a sense. So. Um, yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting topic to talk about uh, for our fourth episode. And I think just to build off of what you're talking um, there are a lot of different options that you can explore online, a lot of different avenues that you can use. Um, but ultimately, the single biggest factor amongst them is that if you do not have a strong self of self-direction, you won't really get far. You have to have that inquisitive mind. You want to be a sponge, learn everything you can about everything, 
Because at the end of the day, specialization is for insects, and the more diverse skills you have, the better off you are. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I completely agree. It's That's like the old passage of you got to find what you love to do um, because it will get inevitably very, very challenging. And the only way you'll stick around is uh, if you actually truly really enjoy what you do. But that's the great thing is there is almost an unlimited amount of things that you can do. Uh, for example, you can become a blogger or, or vlogger. And if you're into whatever sport or whatever uh, you're doing, you know, people make millions of dollars playing video games, uh, recording themselves play. Millions of dollars, right, on Twitch, 100%. People do that for a living. Um, and, and people do, like, there's a, there's a kid on YouTube making reviews for toys, you know, and, and he's, that's his job. And he's made more money than what most people can fathom making in a lifetime. Um, so the ability for that to even be a possibility for us in this current time frame is, uh, is uh, we definitely feel very thankful. That is very for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, the opportunities really are endless, but you really have to buckle down on that one thing that drives you. Um, being effective in like one certain niche will will pay the bills so to speak so for example uh, being dedicated to trading is kind of uh, our niche and education has sprung up as a result of that but the key fundamental is that it has to be leverageable yeah that's that's 100 percent. you uh hit the nail on the head for sure because it's really easy to uh, find a lot of jobs, but it's really hard to find something that's leverageable. And there are opportunities, uh, obviously, for example, if you are selling something, uh, you can sell a hundred items or a hundred SKUs, uh, or a, a one SKU, sorry. Uh, in, in a certain month, you could sell a hundred things, or you could sell a hundred thousand things, or you could sell a million things. In that same month, the same amount of time has passed, and you're able to produce a much larger uh, of an income or a more significant income uh, in that same time period. And, and it could be anything, right? Selling things, trading is, is a very, very leverageable uh, instrument to try to accumulate wealth. Basically, it's a percentage of what you put in. Um, if you manage your risk, um, you know exactly how much you're losing. Um, and some of the other uh, entrepreneurial endeavors don't have that ability, but... Um, yeah, having the uh, having the right kind of set track before you're you're going. Like Grant Cardone said it uh, best. Um, you got to find the right vehicle, right? He always stressed that, and his his vehicle was real estate, which is great for him. It turned out uh, very very lucrative in his uh, his side there. But um, yeah, I completely agree. And this just brings to mind a Twitter thread by philosopher, philanthropist, tech guru. Uh, his name is Naval Ravikant, uh, and he talked about this Twitter thread on the Joe Rogan experience, and that's how I found it. And he's really been somebody that I dove into his content, and I really like what he has to say. So this uh, Twitter thread is how to get rich without getting lucky. And there are a couple of different ones that stick out. I'm just going to slowly scroll down, so if people are watching, they can read. Uh, seek wealth, not money or status. Wealth is having assets that earn while you sleep. Money is how we transfer time and wealth. 
Status is your place in the social hierarchy. Yeah, there's definitely some... You're not going to get rich renting your time. You must own equity, a piece of a business, to gain your financial freedom. Like, these are little nuggets that he calls um, little nuggets of financial information, but they're really uh, timepieces that you can use for, you know, for lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes, really. Um, There's one in here in specific that I'm looking for that uh, I did see previously that is pretty relatable to what we're talking about right now for our digital entrepreneurship episode. Oh, here it is. The internet has massively broadened the possible space of careers. Most people haven't figured this out yet. Very true. That's exactly what we're talking about. People are making careers with almost anything, right? Product reviews, uh, Instagram influencers, um, just being able to kind of work around the globe, not needing to go to a specific location, not needing to have a boss, not needing to have, uh, you know, shit coworkers that you hate, uh, not needing to go to a place that is uh, unmotivating and... um, some okay, I, I can't say uh, every every job is bad and every type of corporate structure is uh, gonna shit on the people that are at the bottom, but um, for a lot of the people in the first world countries that kind of are uh, our crowd or our followers or our listeners, um, you know, there's a significant majority of the people who don't love what they do. And um, that is unfortunate because there are a lot of opportunities with the internet, with, you know, the new developing technologies that we're seeing in the world. So uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, definitely check this guy out, check his tweets, might uh, give you a little bit of inspiration. Yeah, he's got a very unique perspective on a lot of modern, not necessarily problems, but business concepts. And uh, he touches on a lot of things that other uh, entrepreneurs, book writers, etc. don't really talk about. It's a very top-down sociological perspective. Capital, yeah, there's definitely leverage is a force multiplier for your judgment. Judgment requires, yeah, there's definitely good ones in there. Um, So... Uh, I guess talking to our next point uh, from uh, Tim Ferriss's book, uh, we definitely enjoy uh, his four four hour work. He was a is a classic. I haven't read any of his other books, but I do. I have listened to his podcast several times. Uh, very interesting person. Also watched his. I think I forget what channel it was on, but he had a show where he um, tried to learn something in a very very short span of time. Um, I forget what it was called, but he's he's a learning machine and he's a very interesting person. But uh, it was the idea that he kind of created. I don't know if it was him or if he got it from someone, but it's the idea of having mini retirements spread out through your life instead of just waiting until you're 65 when you're old and wrinkly to retire and then working and not really enjoying life until that point. And then when you get there, obviously you're going to be a little bit older, not being able to do as much as uh, you could have when you were earlier in your life. So the idea of mini retirements, uh, and I think uh, Nathan definitely has uh, more uh, regarding that because he, he definitely, you said you really enjoyed the book. Yeah, he had a, a lot of interesting perspectives and made me 
not necessarily question what I was doing in life, but how I was doing it. Um, Vancouver is a very expensive place to live. And when he was uh, in this book, he talks a lot about uh, low cost living, outsourcing, uh, efficiently spending your money, and basically ways that you can reduce and optimize your life such that you can have many retirements throughout your lifespan rather than just having one big party when you're 65 and you can't really enjoy it because you're 65. Like, fuck this, work for 40 to 50 years and then enjoy yourself. Set yourself up so you can enjoy it regularly through your life. And so in this book, he's done a lot of different, what he calls, mini retirements. Um, But they're pretty simple in that you move to... Uh, a country where your dollar is much stronger. So, for example, if we are Canadians, um, we could go to somewhere in Southeast Asia uh, where our dollar is very effective, and we can get accommodation, living, uh, all expenses covered for a fraction of the cost of what it would what it would cost to live in Canada. Rent, electricity, food, everything is very expensive here relative to the cost of what it would be in a Southeast Asian country. Um, And so that really, it just made me question about the relativity of it all. Like how much is a dollar really worth? And if you can have these decentralized businesses where you can work from your phone, you can document your life and you have that kind of leverage, then you can work from anywhere. And so it becomes a question of finding the balance between many retirements and finding the balance of the globe is your office. <laughs> I like how you put it. Very true. Yeah. Um, it's nice because it's completely your own decision and you can find that nice medium uh, in the middle, perfect uh, level for you, for every single person. Um, yeah. I, I'm a little bit more of a homebody. Like I wouldn't want to, like, even if I was traveling, I think I would kind of want to be at a central location. Um, yeah, like having a home base. I feel yeah. like setting up for it like six months, renting a house long term and getting that kind of like setup where you no longer feel like a tourist, but you're part of the culture. I think that would be at least personally a requirement for something to consider because unless you're truly integrated in the culture, like you're you're it's a holiday you know what yeah, i mean 100 percent. you're not getting the the true culture you're not getting you're not understanding what the average day-to-day person does there or not even like does there but like understanding what uh like what kind of history they've had and understanding you know like going to different restaurants and different i guess bars and speaking to different people going to not the touristy places, but the more local uh, restaurants or like getting clothes or whatever you're going to do at these small shops and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, well, sometimes it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a relaxing time and you just want to like zone out to some degree, all inclusives are great because you don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to think about food. You just sit right beside the beach. But if you're looking for an experience that's actually going to give you something at the end other than a full stomach and like a bit of, bit of a hangover um but like actually will like kind of like feed your soul in a sense um you, you definitely want to 
want to check out more of the culture, check out more of the history, check out more of the pe people. Because, um, yeah, it, 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 you, you definitely get a different experience in the end. Very, uh, very, very true. But, um, yeah, a lot of things that can uh, provide that for you in this day and age, which is pretty incredible. I think a lot of people don't realize. I just like, I, I don't know, like, I, there's there's so many people just not acting on it, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, I think most people have slept on the fact, or not slept, but are currently sleeping on the fact that times are changing very quickly. And that the prototypical life that our parents and their parents used to live where you go to school, you work for the man, you get your income, and you go on holiday once a year, maybe once every two years. Um, like that kind of prototype, that doesn't have to be the normal anymore. Technology has broadened the scope of what we thought was previously possible. Yep, very true. Yeah, I completely agree. It, even, even if you want to, for example... Um, uh, like be an accountant or you want to um, provide some service uh, you know if you're a lawyer if you're a digital marketer if you are um, some service that you're able to provide that's not physical like you can't provide a service digitally or virtually like if you're a plumber or like if you're a carpenter or something like that but like anything they're able to provide through a digital service then obviously uh, this pertains to you but then you can go to places like fiber and and other networking tools that uh, like connect people who are looking for services uh with the people who have the skills to provide that service and you know it, it's interesting to see how the blockchain will affect these types of networks even like stuff like uber and airbnb because uh blockchain can basically solve this uh issue before uh where uh right now the applications like those ubers and and lyft and whatnot are you know they're reliable and they're trustworthy but if you're able to create a trustless system then there's kind of no need for that and especially if you have the currency built in as well uh, you just basically need an application and that could be the company itself so i wouldn't be surprised if uber basically built their own blockchain and then they had their own currency within uber and then people can speculate on the currency of uber same with airbnb so like that'd be very very interesting to see how that plays out yeah i feel like there's a lot of internal incubation that could be done for these large corporate entities when they start implementing this technology um, because it just adds a, a level of transparency as well as uh, information systems management. Like, for example, if you're looking at, like, Airbnb, for example, it would be very easy to tokenize the transaction between uh, user and provider without having to go through the loopholes of credit cards, cancellations, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it streamlines and takes out the middleman in most instances, which is, it's a very exciting innovation because that's the way our current system works. You have a credit card and you want to buy some new AirPods, then you're going to have to use your credit card, which will make the purchase for you, and then you repay them through your bank. You want to call an Uber, you get connected to a driver, but Uber is still going to take their cut. 
there's always a middleman in current transactions taking their cut obviously and um this blockchain decentralization offers an opportunity for direct to consumer and i think there's uh, like a very important um, aspect to that in Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um... Yeah, I'm just going to hop on to, to what you said before about um, uh, kind of like the supply chain management and all that as well, because um, that does play a part. Um, I think what t one thing that we talked about a little bit before was the ability to purchase a Tesla, and then if it has autopilot, it is able to basically work all night without anyone else driving in the car. So you basically have like a passive income money-making machine that you can also drive in. Um, and like if you, you know, put a down payment and then uh, I don't know what the uh, payments monthly would be, but if you do the math, I'm sure that you would be able to come out for a profit if you're able to get the car working for, you know, three days a week, four days a week. That's crazy, man. And like, the the thing is, is people think that Tesla is not overpriced, not in terms of the stock, but they think that their cars aren't that amazing. But what other car manufacturer has anywhere close to the AI driving capabilities that Tesla has? Absolutely no one, right? Like he's that, that it, like the, it, like this, this smart car kind of idea where like there's a smartphone and like, he's like like putting so much advancement like decades or like at least years of advanced technology into his cars and all it kind of takes i don't exactly know is just a software upgrade to actually start using these uh already implemented tools i don't exactly know how, how that works but i th i think that's what i read in a blog post um because i do know that he has um, very, very uh, sophisticated AI driving technology compared to a lot of other people. And it's not even it's like GIS or anything. It's just like visual. Like uh, Yeah, what makes it slightly different? Well, so Tesla's come packed with the hardware required for the software. So as these new driving updates come out, it's not changing the hardware at all. It's just a quick software update uh, that allows it to upgrade its capabilities but what makes Tesla self-driving so special is that everywhere else in the world um, that has self-driving cars does it through sensors. Uh, meaning that when it detects something, it sends that signal and that's integrated into what the car understands it is around. Uh, but Tesla does it differently is that it's all done through cameras. It's all recorded um, 360 degrees around the car and the car is understanding and reading what's around it. So rather than having that kind of like one-way transmission of information from the item to the sensor, it's like a two-way between the camera, the environment, and the car processing what is nearby. There's actually a really interesting video I'll try and find. It was of the Tesla self-driving algorithm interpreting its environment. That's crazy. Do you think, do you know how we always have to do these, like, bullshit, um, click all the lights you see, click all the cars you see, like, these types of stuff? You think that's for self-driving 
algorithms to like actually figure out what's what. Yeah, you're probably training some algorithms there. Holy shit, that's crazy. So this is all the information it's gathering. Like in the sense of driving cars, I think with, for example, when you do like a Google CAPTCHA, um, you're training its uh, DeepMind AI, I think it's called, um, for artificial intelligence. You're like teaching it what a stop sign is and isn't, you know? Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm looking at this video now. That's a lot of information that it's capturing. Oh, yeah, here. right? Can you... Here, I'll restart it. It's crazy because it's all just by the camera. It's not like it's a... Like a radar or any sort of sensor or anything like that. It's just... It's a camera. I'm surprised. Yeah, like, this understands what's happening all around it. Like, it recognizes literally everything. Every single car. Even... Like people walking, cars wave. Mailbox, garbage can. There was a sign there that was recognized. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. True. It really recognizes that sign. Wow. And right when the video stopped, there's the garbage can on the left that it recognized. Oh, like, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. Hey. It. W I think it will be safer though. That's the thing. It will be a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tesla's already, when you look at them from an automotive crash safety standpoint, they are the safest vehicle. Um, but also, when everyone gets on the self-driving software, it is going to be so much better. It's when some people aren't and some people are that there's issues. Yeah, that's very true. It like people uh, cars will be able to talk to each other though at that point like when the shift has occurred and there's more than fifty percent of the people are actually just getting driven by these AI systems then we'll basically get to a point where cars will have five G networks that will be able to talk to one another and then that'd be another level as well I don't know like it's interesting yeah, thinking that, about uh, sorry go on that's the next big step is five G mm-hmm. There's a lot of resistance against it, but I mean, just looking at the stocks that have been exploding about 5G and all of the, if, it's kind of like a, a very niche tech industry that people are starting to explore because there is that potential because our society depends so hard on data exchange that 5G is, it's pretty much at this point inevitable. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, smart people working on it. But it's, it's it'll be interesting to see what it'll bring because it'll be instant. Like there'll be like uh, I forget what video I was watching, but there's one guy who gave me an example of a surgeon being able to be in let's say Spain while the actual surgery is happening in New York, um, and he is working on like he's working through I guess a computer to use a like a robot or like a set of hands kind of to like work on a patient um with like the use of the internet because it'd be so instantaneous that you you'll be able to have these very very like precise like no lag no lag like you instant can't have, feedback yeah, response you can't have shaking or anything or else obviously you can't um cut people open and, and do your operation and get things done but um yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's just like one example. And then also like cars talking to each other. Um, There's a lot of innovation going on pretty much across the globe. Yeah. I mean, Tesla self-driving cars, 
the entire blockchain industry, decentralized finance. Uh, we're seeing a lot of progression uh, in other industries, and one that comes to mind. Um, wait, where are they going with that? Uh, the last one that comes to mind would be uh, just like representing yourself and developing your own personal brand, having that leverage and doing what you want to do because at the end of the day that's all that really matters yep that's that's very uh i uh, completely agree with that i think it's a a good way to end off the uh fourth video of uh the performante podcast series Alrighty, thank you guys so much guys and girls for tuning in uh to this week's episode uh, we're hoping to do this more regularly, so if you have ideas for stuff that you want us to talk about, let us know in the Discord. As always, you can message us whenever. We're eager to have feedback from you all. Yeah, and um, we were doing a bit of a different way of presenting the information before, where we were just really having purely an audio uh, output of information, where we just had a template I guess, like made uh, for the podcast. Whereas now we have a feed where we have Discord, we're watching videos, we're getting a little bit more uh, visual as well as the audio. Uh, so tell us what you think, uh, if you enjoy it. Well, it's just more information. I think it's, it's more uh, entertaining and engaging. Um, so overall, I think it is going to provide a little bit more of uh, a, another good way of... Uh, getting more content out there. So yeah, thank you again, uh, like Nathan Fed for tuning in. And um, yeah, if you have any questions, please leave a comment. And until next time, uh, I hope you have a great uh, rest of the weekend. Take care, everyone.